What is happening, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Dan Cable Presents podcast. Thank you for tuning in to the program. Once again, if this is your first time listening, thanks for checking out the show. You can find fresh episodes coming at you every Friday. And if you want to help support the podcast in a free way, and I know you do. I know you want to help support. You're checking it out. You're listening. But uh, if you want to take the extra step in supporting the Dan Cable Presents podcast, you can click subscribe on iTunes, click write a review, give the show five stars if you feel like it's deserving of so, and that will help propel the podcast into the tops of the iTunes charts and uh, make it more nationally and even internationally visible for folks make it easier for strangers to find it and uh will just help give more exposure to uh not only the podcast itself but all of the artists that come on the show and uh it would be greatly appreciated if you have a couple minutes that's all it takes it doesn't take long so you know say a few things and uh, that'll be a great way to contribute to the sustainability of this thing. Uh, appreciate the hell out of the folks who have already taken that step in doing so. There is also a Dan Cable Presents YouTube channel, which I would encourage you to check out. Bunch of live performances on there. Bunch of in-studio stuff. A short film on a band called Tribe Mars. All that is there on the YouTube channel, which you can also click subscribe on. And then you will know when the uh, the fresh videos hit the feed, which you should really stay tuned for because we are, you know, in the mixing and editing process of all these Doug Fur videos and things are moving along. So I am super excited about that. So stay tuned for those things. And uh, a couple of the guests that are on this week's episode that are involved in this conversation are uh, are featured in some of those videos so you can you can see gene there who's uh who's on the episode the cabin project episode and uh zanny makes an appearance on some some videos some skull diver videos uh so you can find all of that there i want to thank everybody that came out to the uh first dan cable presents event of the year the uh, gabe fleck cloud lines Stephanie Kitson show over there at Mississippi Pizza. Really cool turnout. Really great bands. Super fun night. So shouts to all that made it out to that one. And uh, yeah, just a, a killer night. Finally got to see Cloud Lines perform live, which was a treat. If you do not know about that band, I would encourage you to check them out and hopefully I will be having a conversation with them in the near future here to plug some of their tunes and whatnot and get get to know Emily and Beach a little bit better. Um, what else we got? Calendar dates. Things going on. If you're listening to this on release day, there's a show tonight at the library at Growler's Tap Room, 
which is the venue that I have been booking since the beginning of the year. And uh, Cool Night at Indie Rock, Super Ocean, Stoner Control, and Debbie Metal. Stoked for, to see all of those bands. So that is tonight, Friday night, January 25th. Um, tons of other great things going on, though. Um, from this particular podcast, one of the reasons this is coming out on this Friday is because the Cabin Project, who are the guests of this episode, are playing their album release show at the Doug Fur on January 31st. And not only is it their album release, but it is also good friends of mine, good friends of the podcast, Camp Crush. They are also on that bill, and they are releasing an album. So double release party at the legendary Doug Fur. It's going to be an awesome show. I would uh, encourage you to come out to this one. I'll be there. Hope to see your faces out there. So January 31st, we mentioned in the episode as well, but Cabin Project release, Camp Crush release, it's going to be killer. So check that out. And then also a few other shows coming up. We got the Portland Folk Fest is February 1st and February 2nd at the Mission Theater. This was an excellent event put on by Fox and Bones, local folk band here in town. They put it on last year. This is the second one they're doing, and it's two nights this year. Uh, the lineups are killer. I'm super stoked. My dudes from Brother Not Brother are playing on Friday night, February 1st, um, along with some other great artists, including uh, one of my favorite singer-songwriters in town, Taylor Kingman. Um, so killer lineups both nights. Encourage you to check it out. One of the nights also at the library on Friday, that February 1st, we've got Dove Driver and the Frank Irwin Quintet. And uh, the following week, got February 8th with Dusty Fox Research and Development, Dusty Fox and Rufus Small Towns. Uh, Mal London will be performing with the band Butter, and Empress will be kicking off that show. So a killer night of hip-hop, February 8th. If you are itching for a good hip-hop show, I would, uh, I would say come out to that one there uh, at the library. And uh, that's all I got for shows right now. I think we can keep it at that and keep, keep all that going. If you want to uh, send me an email, I am dancablepresents at gmail.com. On the Instagram, at dancablepresents. That's probably where I'm most active if you want to be, uh, you know, if you want me in your feed, if you want to see what's going on with my stories, you know, if you want me to fill up your feed with nonsense. But uh, that's the best place to follow me, though, for, for all the show postings. I always post all of uh, what's going on there. All right? Everybody good out there? Everybody's feeling all right? We're uh, a few weeks in to the, uh, to the month of January, getting the year going. Hopefully, uh, you haven't bailed on your New Year's resolutions yet. I didn't really have any except to continue to... Uh, to crush on some of these these goals I have set for myself for the year as far as projects I want to work on. I'm also doing this goofy-ass Whole30 diet, which I'm about uh, approaching three weeks in. I'm surviving thus far. I haven't broken down. 
I really just want to eat pizza and cheeseburgers, to be honest with you. Craving it super heavy, but uh, I'm sticking to it, man. I'm on the veggies. I'm on the meat. I'm on that no sugar. I'm crushing my LaCroix and uh, hanging in. But uh, I think it's a... I don't know why I'm sharing this with you, but I mean, this is my struggle right now. This is this is what I'm going through. So you're going to hear about it. But um, I think it's good. I think it's it's a it's a good test of discipline for myself to see if I can, uh, you know, follow through on something like this and and not see every meal as uh, simply mouth pleasure, but just feel like I'm eating just to to actually nourish myself and and not be not be hungry rather than just uh, indulging in all of the shit that I usually like to uh, inhale into my body. So it's been a, it's been a trip. It's been a good look at, at things and, and how I can maybe implement some of these, some of these things into my life uh, moving forward. Other than that, all is well here, you know, uh, all is well, except for the, uh, the online dating world, which is a, a whole other set of of obstacles and 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 quite a dumpster fire and most of most of y'all out there know if you're in that world if you're swiping left or right you know you're on the apps i'm on the apps you see me out there i know i know you see me uh anyway (laughs) this is this is getting way off topic i am uh i'm super stoked to to share this uh this episode of the podcast with the cabin project I had a great chat. I'm glad I got to hang uh, with the whole band and and get their takes on things and and find out a little bit more about how this band started. Because Katie and Zanny, who um, you know been been a part of this band for a long time, they've been playing music uh, for for almost a decade together. And the Cabin Project's been playing around uh, the Portland area and the Pacific Northwest for a long time, as well as getting outside of the region but in this uh, last year or so they have added a couple new members which has changed the dynamic so it was exciting to talk to them about that and uh, I really love where this conversation went and I just want to thank the entire band for uh, their honesty and and vulnerability as we uh, as the conversation got heavier and and more intimate as we talked about the dynamic of the band and and a big dynamic is that everybody within the band identifies as gay and uh yeah we just kind of dove into that and and what the importance of that is and and how it lends itself to their process and and the message and how they go about things and and what their struggles are within that so I, I just really appreciate the honesty on that level, and this was definitely a conversation that that I learned a lot from, and uh, I was just super excited to to hang with these people, man, and uh, and get to know them a little bit more. And uh, their new record is is dropping on February 1st, just a day after that release party at the Doug Fur on January 31st with Camp Crush. So they've got the new record, Dissenter, coming out. And uh, it's it's a killer record. I've I've had the pleasure of having it for for a month or so now and, and had the opportunity to dive into it and 
we chat about the record a lot and we feature some tunes on it. So uh, I think that's enough of the rambling up top. I'm just going to let us get right into this conversation. We're going to kick it off with a jam from from Dissenter. So uh, what do we got? Episode 146 coming at you. Don't forget to uh, leave those iTunes reviews. Cannot stress the importance of those enough. Please do it. Take the extra step. And, uh, yeah, follow me on uh, the old Instagram, at Dan Cable on Twitter. Send your emails. Leave your reviews. Let's get into this thing. Episode 146, coming at you. The Cabin Project is on the podcast. And uh, we're going to kick it off with a track called Baseline off of the new record, The Center, available everywhere on February 1st. Let's get into it.
cabin project. You all ready to like dive into this thing? Yep. Yes. Do this mm-hmm. damn thing. Uh, yeah. Stoked to come hang out with y'all and uh, get to know more about this band. We have a couple podcast veterans in the room. We got Jean. This is her third appearance. My third. Jean's making wow, her third. Jean's famous. <laughs> That's amazing. And uh, Zanny's been on before. Yeah. With the uh, the skull diver. Yeah. And uh, so this will be a good opportunity to get to know Katie and Kelly a little bit more. The two Ks. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I know this thing has been going, like the cabin project has existed for a while. If Like looking at the catalog, it looks like there's music that goes back to like 2010. Yeah, actually, it's, I think we released the first self-titled in 2010. That was so long ago. So long ago. Nine years ago. And I know the, the makeup of the band has, has changed quite a bit in the last year or so with the addition of Gene and Kelly. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, let's start like kind of at the beginning though, like how this thing formed. Was Zanny? Were you a part of the the original I was, part of this cabin project? I was project? the original drummer of the cabin project. All right, all right. <laughs> yeah. So in two thousand, so I released my last solo record in two thousand eight, um, and did a long tour behind it, and then decided at the end of that, and I had been doing that for a long time, um, how boring it was to perform alone, and I was like, I don't want to have to do this in front of people ever again. Um, so I kind of decided just. give up on the live thing and kind of jump into uh, my studio which I had just kind of built in my new house um, and just started recording I had like one requirement which is that I I wanted to just write songs that were like ear candy to me so I just kind of started like putting these super weird songs together um, and then decided to make it into a record and then brought in that's when Zanny kind of joined the project um, made the record and then we kind of realized that we actually had to release it. Um, and if we had to release it, then we had to put together a live band. So we did that. All the folks that had played on it um, released the record at Mississippi in um, 2010. And then after that, we are like, well, I, I guess we have to do this. So then it became a band. Right on. So you guys have been playing together for ten, the two ten of Ten years, you. yeah. All right. Yeah. All right, and uh, and then so kind of started changing the sound a little bit in the last couple of years. It seems like even kind of going back to like the unfolded record, it seems mm-hmm. like it starts mm-hmm. to kind of creep in more to what you're doing. Yeah, these so we, days. it started out kind of being a little more like f- folky big sounds. So like we kind of got as many sounds as we could threw them all together. I mean, I think the first iteration of our live band was like six people. There was a lot there of was people. like six or seven. It was like people. anyone who wanted to join were like, oh, And everyone was pretty much multi-instrumentaling. Yeah. So, so shows were like, like... Accordion, <laughs> banjo, yeah. way too... Cello. Way too many changes. Harmonium. Yeah, it was crazy. So and then little by little, we realized we had to start like pulling those pieces back. And I think the more Zanny got involved, the more... Um, dark and rockish things got and yeah that's kind of where unfolded that's where kind of unfolded started to make well i wouldn't say that it was dark because of me (laughs) okay that was me i think katie had a major life (laughs) change darkness in you and had some darkness yeah that's true but that's also right around like right before that was also when we decided to kind of go in the direction of more strings um 
I felt like we, with the amount of people that we could fit in a car to go on the road, we were like, okay, do we do bass or do we do strings? And so at that point, um, we decided to kind of only work with three folks and then have the strings player use um, some pedals uh, and then try to get both of those sounds. And um, we kind of existed as a trio for a couple, few years. And then we were like, you know what? There's no reason why we can't have strings and bass. And that's when uh, Kelly and Jean came on. Yeah. Is, uh, was it pretty much just like a rotation of people then throughout like the last... Yeah, there were uh, whenever we had like years. we had like solid like people would join for three years. We'd have like a good two or three year run, and then you know kind of split split our our ways. But yeah, we've had lots of Adam Sweeney was in the band for like three or four years. Uh, Kristen Gass uh, was in the band. Rebecca Hansen was in the band for about three years at the violin, viola. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> cannot mess that up. Yeah, so we've had a, a cast of characters. Okay, so how how does how does Gene and Kelly make their way into this cabin project? Because I was pretty excited. When yeah, I found Adam out. actually yeah. Um, told us about them, and so we had been talking about adding bass, and um, you know things were kind of moving in a different direction with Rebecca. She wasn't going to tour as much, so because she is a professor of viola so that's pretty cool if you can't tour you might as well be a professor (laughs) and um so she was playing you know here and there with us but we really wanted some other people that could tour and um so yeah so adam told us about them and they came as a package which was nice you know Two for one deal. And actually, to Adam's credit, when Adam stepped out of the band, he was like, you don't need any guys here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think you guys will be just Yeah, fine. so he was kind of our last guy. Like, you need to be all women. We're Ever like, all since right. Adam, we've only, other than our recording engineer, uh, Josh Powell, we've only worked with women musicians, So, which we're really we're happy folks. about. Yeah. yeah. Right on. Um, and... Did you guys know each other at all before? No. No. But I will say, like, our first rehearsal where we said, like, let's just try this out, you know, and see how things go, it was it was super magical. Like, I think they had a kind of chemistry with each other. Zandy and I had been playing together for a while, and when we came together as a foursome, like, it was, it, it just clicked. Like, I don't think that, it, I feel like it was pretty clear right away that, like, this was going to work well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh... Gene and Kelly, you, were you guys playing together for a while before? Four years? Yeah, we were playing together for about four years. No, not that long. Met. I don't know what it is. Yeah. yeah. So, and then, yeah, because we performed with the singer-songwriter, and then um, I heard from Adam about Katie and Zanny with the Cabin Project, and um, they sent us a, a couple songs from Unfolded to, you know, let's jam out on those, and... Um, upon hearing it, it's like, oh, well, okay, let's take this really seriously because I, I love it. I absolutely love the, the instrumentation, the vocal harmonies, everything that was going on. The songwriting was unbelievable. So we really wanted to be serious, and that's probably why, you know, when we went for that first um, uh, rehearsal, yeah, we were prepared. We wanted to do it. I was like, yeah, yes. They had their shit together. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's funny, too, because I was so busy. Uh, I was a core member of Vancouver Symphony at the time, and I was doing a lot of, like, freelance opera and ballet stuff and I was with Falconheart hardcore for a long time and Kelly was, tr- she's trying to get me to like listen to this band and she's like, we need to join this band. 
And I'm like, I'm too busy. And she was like, no more. (laughs) (laughs) Too much. And then she played, uh, I think it was Crows or whatever. Yeah, I think it was Crows. And I was like, okay. I'll call her the song because it's amazing, whatever. And then it was just kind of perfect. Um, Yeah, was there something initially that kind of drew you in to once you heard the tunes? Once you like to want to get in the room with them and, and yeah. give it a shot. It actually, I was incredibly like excited and anxious to get in there because what was really cool and that I hadn't had experience with before was um, there were string parts already and from a different string player who was also classically trained. So we were composing really similar, but she would do things that I wouldn't think of and vice versa. So I got to work with her a little bit in the transition and working with Katie and Rebecca really helped me develop a a lot of songwriting skills that I didn't know I had. So that was really exciting for me to get in there and actually I learned a lot in the first couple of weeks with them. So Right on. Yeah, I think that was one thing that we loved when Jean entered the picture was... We'd been working with Rebecca, obviously, for a long time. Um, But they both play very differently. And, um, you know, uh, Rebecca's more of like an orchestral violist and and has these kind of sweeping sections that you could imagine other string players accompanying her with. And then I would say uh, Jean had all this soloist qualities that... You know, she could just, we'd give her a key and she would just wail on it immediately. And so it was nice to have kind of the two contrasting each other. Um, and and so that was a, a huge thing for us. And then like Kelly was just right away in before when we had worked with bass players, um, we really loved the freedom that we gave them and basically like playing melodically and like developing their own lines and automatically, that's what she jumped in. She she d- wasn't just like, I'm playing the roots. And, you know, she she was definitely making her own melody to what was already happening, um, which you don't see in a lot of bass players often. So it was really cool because as we wrote the album, I feel like everyone has their own lyricism and melodic qualities to their playing already, um, which doesn't always happen so naturally. Yeah, did you, did you all once, once it was feeling good from the beginning, did you start writing new music pretty quickly? Yeah, we started. I mean, I think Unfolded had been released. I don't remember what year. It says 2016 on the Apple 2016. Music. And then, thank you. If that's accurate, I don't <laughs> that's know. Accurate. I'm sure yeah. you know more than me. And we had been playing Unfolded for a couple of yeah, years we too. Even, those songs were ready to move on. Um, so we started. I guess we all started playing it together about a year later. Um, and yeah, we had written probably about two or three of the new record songs and then just started writing. Um, it was like a perfect timing for like a new band because as we wrote, um, like I'd come up with like recordings or whatever and then pass them on to the band. And um, while we worked out a bunch of stuff in rehearsal, I actually think we worked out more individually, um, which I think. I still really like appreciate and love that approach that we took because I think it meant that everyone got to have super thoughtful parts that weren't just getting through the song uh, in a rehearsal. It was like people could really think through what they wanted their parts to be, um, and that was cool. Yeah, was that, was that different from how it had kind of gone down 
previously have you well, always kind of brought not like really yeah it's I mean, it's it's like record by record unfolded was that was like we would go away to a, a house for like three days and like collaborate and figure it out but like before pretty intense like yeah. three-day retreat <laughs> style <laughs> it was insane I which can't is the we only time those. that we've really done that actually yeah, that was the only before time. when we've written the other songs it was i mean the first album was mostly like katie um individually writing and then with other you know mus- instrumentalists and then heliotrope was i was living in tucson and so we were sending you know recordings back and forth and writing that way and, and so like i'd send her a song and then she'd record on her iphone this like no i didn't have an iphone i recorded it, it on my computer oh, on your computer <laughs> Um, and so it'd be like this full drum kit through these trashy speakers, which, which made me kind of start so to cool. love. I was like, I love this sound. And actually, I feel like we ended up well, the funny doing thing, a lot of though, that in the production. She would always like loop it in a way that my one was not her one. And so then she would send back the song where my drums were playing a completely different um, rhythm than I had written originally. So then I would have to relearn my new <laughs> rhythm on a different one. It was really weird, but it worked out. So, yeah. Um, so that's kind of like been, I think a theme for a band always with writing It's just been like individual direction and then like coming together and seeing how that fits in together. Yeah. Do you participate in anything like in as far as compositions outside of the drums? Um, I, I, I think like synth stuff. I do yeah. some synth stuff, and yeah. then we both kind of chip away at the synth. Yeah. Um, harmonies, yeah. and um, but like I, I think we all. But in the past, I've done a lot more arrangement stuff, and I think this album we really did a lot of arrangement, all four of us together. But Danny did some more percussion, like um, vibes and. What else did you on this on this most recent record? Because I wanted organ. to pull in some of that musical background you had, you so know. Much. <laughs> yeah, those five four sections. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> uh, Gene and Kelly, did you did you feel pretty comfortable like right away inserting yourself into something that's kind of existed for ten years prior to you <laughs> jumping yeah, no in a room? <laughs> it felt really. Can I stop you for one second? Yes. Can I just have you guys share that mic, maybe, or one of you? It's just like I don't know. It's it's not being the greatest. I was I was worried about that. It's fine. Mm-hmm. I'd just rather mind. stop you now. Sit on the couch with all of us. Yeah. 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 Well, it's just, yeah. <laughs> it's okay. No, yes. Oh, yeah. Fucked up your whole vibe. I know, man. I was bad. I mean, I remember just, I was gonna I say I'm sharing with you too. Okay, sure. Shit. <laughs> yeah. Anybody can share. Yeah, we'll it doesn't pass matter. It, pass them around. But anyway, can you repeat the question, please? Oh my, yeah, that that mic's really working now, huh? <laughs> I know the only difference is that you're so quiet. It's really so humming. It's all right. I got I some. Put it right. Yeah, don't your inner Kelly. I can make some moves. Yeah, sharing with Kelly. Is this better? Uh, that's great. Okay. Um, but yeah, did you? What was uh, what was that like for both of you, kind of stepping into this thing after has it has existed for for so long, and obviously. You know, Zanny and Katie are super comfortable in their creative process. Well, it felt, it was really like, it was intimidating to a point because it's like, I found myself trying to, for the longest time, just relearn exactly what the 
previous strings were doing on recordings and I would get really sucked into that. And Katie was like, I don't care. Like do your thing, do whatever you want. So once I got out of that, it felt a little bit better to be able to write. And the songs were just so written so perfectly for me personally in a weird way. Like they were just, they spoke to me. So it's just exactly what I like to play. So once I got comfortable and felt like I had a spot, it was really easy to start coming up with those things. But just like anything, you just got to get comfortable with your team first, you know? Yeah. I actually prefer the fact that it was already, there was some groundwork laid out just because I'm completely unfamiliar with the genre. And, um, you know, I haven't been playing bass for very long. So, you know, everything I've been doing has always been pushing the limits of my technical abilities. And so, you know, when I was doing blues, blues is pretty simple. You know, the bass lines of blues are quite repetitive. You know, you can get a ton of mileage on the same dang thing and nobody seems to notice. But... Um, with this, it was nice to be able to hear things that have been pre-recorded. Like, I don't know how to play. Like, what, what, do you, what do you expect out of a bass player in this genre? I don't really know because it's not as, you know, it, that genre hasn't been around as long as blues has. You know, there's not totally paved, obvious thing for me to do. So being able to listen to the previous bass players was really important. Um, but then I have the same experience with Gene where it's like, this actually really fits me and how I feel very nicely. So writing does feel a little bit more natural just because it seems to be a little bit more relatable. Yeah. Have you, were you playing other instruments before the bass at all? I was trained on saxophone. So bass is a little, it actually feels more natural than saxophone. Um, I'm actually, but, yeah. I'm, I'm bummed we didn't put sax on the album. <laughs> too. You have I still no have idea. my sax. <laughs> we can do that. Things can evolve. <laughs> I know they will. Don't worry. <laughs> three masters so far. We could yeah. only three. Nice. We're, we're canceling the release. That's funny. <laughs> We've got more. Gotta to push end. that record back, huh? <laughs> All right. Um, yeah, I remember like running into to Gene around the time that this all started happening mm -hmm. and you were real pumped about this too. It like I the was first stoked. tour that you <laughs> oh, you yeah. all went on. Stoked. Uh, was yeah. that definitely like the the turning point for this thing of like knowing that this was really gonna work between the four of you oh, i think we knew it was gonna work anyway and we were like we we're gonna have to make it work whether they like to or not it's more i think <laughs> with zanny and i have been and and me for even a little bit longer like i've been touring forever and i've been touring in depressing and exciting ways for a long time um meaning small crowds big crowds um and it's a hustle. And so when you get two people that haven't done that and they're all excited, it's like we really needed that excitement. Yeah. <laughs> we were like, and we had we happened to have had a really good tour. Like Yeah, we had a great tour. A particularly like solid tour and it was really fun and we played a lot of different types of venues mm -hmm. and different crowds. So we it made like, money. Like yeah, yeah it, it was, was like we we played this place in Otter Rock, which is oh no longer around. I'm kind of bummed. It's not. No, yeah, oh, they closed. Man. But like, I think we like it was just this bar, and like I had literally it was a cold call. Like I had never we had never played it, and it's this tiny place in Morro Bay, California, and we went, and the the lady puts up all the bands that come through, and like be. We made over nine hundred dollars that night, just like between and the guarantee like was only like three hundred bucks. Yeah, so. it was insane, <laughs> and it was like you know, and like Gene had a bunch of like 
men that were in love with her and just kept <laughs> it like oh, Jean. putting money in the Jean. pot. Yeah, and I like, was working it too. I don't know how to take advantage of that. It was just one of those nights that it was just like insane. Yeah. So yeah. that kind of tour stuff, you know, when it's it like, this won't ever happen again, but yeah. But yeah. it was it was it, it was it was really fun. Yeah, just we got super back and refreshing and yeah. recharging yeah. for we the, the two for, of you for everybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. Has that just always been a big part of what the cabin project has been? Even and obviously before you started it, you were doing a lot of touring. Is it something you just you feel like you have to do, or you still want to do? Obviously. Yeah, that's it's one of those things that I I mean I have tried to quit it so many times like so many times the stories I could tell <laughs> um, but you know because I from I let's see I left school or finished school and then I started playing out um, like right away so I've been touring like since I finished college um, and yeah, yeah like I, I've tried to stop and I just don't and so I think it's just this thing where I think I it's what it what's it's what reminds me that I'm still in it and like it's what I think does give me energy just sometimes you know it can get depressing um but then but then you it's also what gets you motivated um and I feel like without a tour ahead it's really hard for me to um keep a band interested if that makes sense like you know we've talked about like focusing in on like music and doing more things locally and and I think we'll still try and do that but somehow you still find yourself like headed to Colorado every six months somehow (laughs) yeah I don't know there's there's something exciting about it it is and I and I mean it's gotten way more fun like I I like I said when I said I never wanted to play alone again like there's a reason and then once I think this band found each other like I've never enjoyed performing as much as I have with them and and so like so touring has been amazing in that in that way yeah as far as as that goes included in the the music dynamic is there something that you all kind of recognize as why this group of people seems to work so well together like what's special amongst the four of you that that you enjoy so much we're gays we're gays and we're, <laughs> we're two we're gays we're gays we're, two, I feel, we're gays i feel like and we also have a little bit of introvert in each of us yeah, yeah. um and we're all weirdos we're i mean all, we, we're all we yeah. all have our thing i am the most normal i think in well, the band that's, well, that's saying a lot. so you're no, the so you're the weirdest no, yeah know. you're absolutely the weirdest <laughs> then yeah. for it's also I, nice like in terms of tour we get to go on tour with our significant other and i think that makes it easier in a way like, because you're not missing anybody. It makes it easier and harder. It makes it yeah. easier and harder. I but do it's, agree. But it's great. Like, yeah. you're not separated from yeah. your lover. You don't you get feel to share like the experience as much, you know, because it's like everything you need, you get to take with you. Yeah. Which is really cool. But you also don't have that space. You don't have that space. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you think that uh, that helps, though, as far as maybe breaking down? some of the honesty boundaries when you do have like a partner within the group as far as maybe being able to uh constructively get into like critiquing people's mm-hmm. like what they're offering to a song and, and yeah, things like that do you do you feel like that that adds to that at all yeah having that like 
being willing to be that vulnerable because you already are in, in other elements of your relationships. I actually think that that makes it way harder. That's my personal, yeah. but that's because I work my, how I work professionally and how I work as a partner are completely different. And I think I kind of suck professionally. Um, and I think I'm better as a part. I don't really know. We're really getting into things. Katie and I definitely have, Partner Katie, yeah. partner Zanny, and then music Bam- partner bandmate Katie. I mean, she definitely doesn't like bandmate Zanny as much as partner Zanny. Yeah, and vice versa. I think and you'd say the same. I would think I would say the same thing about myself. <laughs> but you're, but you're able to, uh, to like curb that, like yeah, outside you, of the room. Yeah, well, totally. And I, and Have you learned think, how to do that? Yeah. And but part of it is that we. I mean, I knew how she took her coffee way before we started dating. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's really interesting because it's like Katie and I worked with each other for over six, seven years. I forget exactly how long long for a very long time before like anything romantic happened. And she actually, like we had had so many different ups and downs and crazy parts of our relationship before then. And so it's funny because like we're, we just had a conversation today. I feel like we're constantly working out like how we write together and what works and what doesn't. And it's, it's hard, but like, it's also part of just like having a creative relationship with your partner. Like, and I feel like we're luckier than most people because when you have creativity with your partner, like whatever that may be, like, like it just enhances that relationship in, in, even more. So, you know, it may be tricky at times because we are vulnerable with each yeah. other, but like it's also like kind of a huge perk. But yeah. I think learning how to like critique each other, I actually think that's something that we're all still, if, there, if the arc of like from zero to successful, I think we're about 50% of the way in the arc, you know, um, all figuring that out. I don't want to speak for y'all. But yeah, I mean, it's, <laughs> no, still, it's still like super young. Yeah, we're yeah. As far as playing the four of you, so yeah. Mm-hmm. No, yeah. Do, you, do you remember Black Tooth Biddy telling us that musicians will never make it as a as a couple, a romantic couple? Yeah, like I do a, remember yeah. that. So we were standing Black outside Tooth of a bar. Because uh, <laughs> I kind of want to meet her. You can't just no, say that and get a, and just yeah, into let's a bar. Talk, <laughs> let's uh, yeah, let's give some background on. Yeah, Black, well, Black Tooth one of one of Jean and my first days, because Jean and I also played music together before becoming romantic. And we our first date was at Biddy McGraw's. And there was uh, some young guy. Where, where is that? Uh, it's it's this bar that we tried it's not. So smelly. It's just yeah. a smelly, shitty Irish. It's it's not there pub. anymore. It's it's called something else. Okay. No, but anyway, it's still, it's, yeah. it's still it's still yeah. <laughs> um. So some guy outside with black teeth, and now that's why that's why it's called Black Tooth Biddy. Um, I don't know his name. Uh, he was, you know, he was drunk, and so he's like, you know, forgot about personal space, and was like, you know, getting all up in our faces and telling us how musicians aren't ever gonna last, as you know, you're like, oh, your, your relationship's doomed essentially. Um, so it's like, okay, well, now it's a good challenge to prove him wrong, but yeah, mm-hmm. it is a challenge to. Wait, you did know, she have a black tooth? It's a boy. Oh, okay. <laughs> I thought it was yes, Betty too. I got it. Because Biddy's. Oh, we don't know his name. We call him Black Tooth. Don't they have the poker place right above? He's gonna be listening to this. So he doesn't know who he is. Shout out. Not his name. Shout out, Black Tooth. Hell yeah. It's our next song. Yeah. So. But it's it's yeah it's hard when you're writing songs with your partner and you know not to take something like so deeply personal yeah. if you do something wrong it's like it's not just a bad note it's like you're not a cool partner anymore and we're gonna yeah. have to fight about this for another <laughs> yeah. couple days it's hard you don't like my ideas <laughs> no, it's, it is I like that you. we definitely have like magical moments 
in rehearsals where it's mm-hmm. like Jean and Zanny are working together, and yeah. then Katie and Kelly <laughs> like to work together a lot. And this is what happens a lot. <laughs> you know, we have our moments, and yeah. then you know, Katie and Jean will have the moment, and then Kelly and Zanny will have a moment. <laughs> Basically, we're all dating each other. <laughs> <laughs> Not really. That's what that means. Yeah. Polyjamory. Exactly. <laughs> Polyjamory. Nice. That was, nice. That was, that was what Kelly said today, right? Hashtag. That's amazing. Hashtag um, Kelly. Polyjamory. Yeah. And the reward and all that is that you get to share that that experience of like playing these different cities and going different <laughs> places every day and having those moments like in Morro Bay that you were talking about, you know, and just having these crazy like shows mm-hmm. out of nowhere. And mm-hmm. yeah, you get to share that experience, which I think is like a rare thing that you get to. Yeah. I think, it, yeah, I don't know, at least my personal experience. Most of the time I get to, I feel like I'm doing this cool shit and like, yeah, you get to like tell your significant other or they get to witness it, but yeah. it's not very like common that they get to be a part of it in that way. Right. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Right on. We've seen a lot of mountains together. Yeah. <laughs> and the Grand Canyon. The Grand we had a family Canyon? trip one or yeah, family day on our two tours of family day. Mm-hmm. So yeah. as far as the, the touring, have, have you been just kind of, is there certain regions you like to keep hitting over and over or is it is it always kind of a goal to creep outside of where you've been before um honestly i yeah we've been hitting a lot of the same we kind of hit the same circuit um either once or twice a year is usually the goal but sometimes it happens in like sections um but we're really comfortable at this point now kind of like heading out to colorado area hanging around hanging out in there um so like we have a place in fruta um, Colorado that we love to play. We always want to hit that place up. Um, and then we'll we try to make it Denver a lot. Yeah. We go to Denver a lot. Um, Salt Lake city, we're starting to play. Mm-hmm. Um, but then we try to make it down to Tucson and then over to LA and up the coast. Flagstaff. Yeah. Um, uh, we did do a East coast tour in 2014. So, and, and that I feel like is something we would have loved to keep doing. It's just a lot to coordinate and, and, get the plane tickets and yeah. it all happens. It's got to make sense for yeah, you to fly sense. across and yeah. get the, like make sure all the gear is in the right places. Yeah, and you need to be <laughs> able to really go out for a, a you know, a long period of time and we've ended up taking that long period of time and just doing the Tucson yeah. kind of big loop um instead because that's at this point those are the places we kind of know well. Yeah. Um but I think East Coast and Europe are two places we would love to be spending more time. We just kind of need to make it happen yeah those wild like cabin project fans out there that like show up to those those gigs when you like go back to tucson arizona or oh yeah that's awesome it's fun and then and then when you go to the east coast you know there's just a lot fewer of them yeah they're so hardcore (laughs) (laughs) was that fun for you too to see like going out on that first tour that like some people know who this band is I, i remember um it was tucson apparently we're real super popular in tucson and um Huge in Tucson. Tucson. (laughs) I I was having like, it's just like we were on tour, so it's like a normal, normal temperature, whatever. And then we got there, and it's like ninety fucking degrees or something. So I was having like the most miserable show ever. But um, I just like look out, and people are singing the songs, and like uh, I took some things from the album that I guess Rebecca wasn't doing live, and I you know incorporated them live. And I remember this one girl freaking out. Because I kept a note that was in one of her favorite songs, and I was just—that was really cool. 
yeah so i was kind of like two zombie peeps are awesome i was like holy Shout shit are we famous peeps. and i didn't know it but yeah. <laughs> do you include like a pretty good amount of the existing catalog like in sets or is it pretty much just like the last record and what you're doing now no we've been switching it up we play like a lot of long two hour three hour sets okay um and i think that's one thing that we love this band can do is like we can play small small restaurants we can play you know big venues and it doesn't doesn't really matter so we we actually like they've learned so over like 40 50 songs of our of every like we have a huge catalog yeah. and so we play a lot and then we have a bunch of covers and so yeah we we kind of yeah are we, pretty versatile we legit had to learn like 35 songs for the first tour yeah it was kelly and i we were had like, like a three-hour show yeah our first show was like two or three we were like, hours come on this tour but like two of the shows because you know monday tuesday wednesday are hard nights so those yeah. are the nights we try and mm-hmm. you play those bar two, gigs you those play the bar games. and i i see it as like super solid rehearsal time yeah um and that is exactly what it was. Yeah, yeah. But they pulled it off. They were amazing. And those are the ones that like pay for the tour a lot of yep. times, right? Yeah. So you can go play the fun gigs in between. For yeah. sure. Yeah. Right on. Uh, well, let's get into a, a track. Another cool. track from yes. this this, uh, this new record that is... Uh, what is the official release date for the record? Uh, January 31st. On the release date. On show, the release date. Yeah, we always have done it that way. With uh, the homies in Camp Crush. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Very good friends of mine. So oh. I'm, I'm stoked that you're doing that. We that love double them. release. Yes. Very kind people. We love uh, yeah, and the new record's called The Center. And uh, we're going to get into uh, one of my favorite jams called Habit. This is it. Got the best of me 
something that Zanny brought up earlier was, I think, like the style that Gene plays with um, that's different from your previous string player. Mm-hmm. And I think that was the thing that I noticed the most, like throughout the record, and especially like on a song like Habit, is the way that Gene plays along with your guitar style playing, like complements the two so good mm-hmm. and like it seems to just like really like make the songs move really awesome so thank you yeah this is very cool i think there is definitely a like an immediate notice and difference mm-hmm. between like the last record and the new one yeah mm-hmm. um yeah did you guys self-produce like all the all the songs on the record mm-hmm. and yeah 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 no i've been I've I've definitely like we've talked about finding another producer at times, but then it's like they they'd have to be so that would take so much trust. Yeah. So, <laughs> oh yeah. We're not like, quite there. I can barely handle like sharing production. So <laughs> I think it'd be, it'd be hard. But I do think that someday, like on the next record, it would be super rad if the right person came along. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we'd be up for it. I think the last album we we had been performing it. And we really wanted to just like do a big live. This is what we are, and like not a like we didn't add anything really. We added maybe yeah. some synth, maybe some organ, but like it and bass. Um, but like it was pretty much it was just us going in and playing the songs that we'd been playing for two years, and you know. So and then this one we really did want to have. Um, a very different sound quality, like more intimate, closer to the ear, certain things, and and not so boisterous. And we wanted the drums to be, you know, more kind of like I don't know, some different, different than every other track. Like we didn't want the drums to sound the same way every track because that's something we've also done kind of in the past and. We wanted everything to just be heard and really exposed, um, which is really like hard to do when you get yeah. in and you start to produce. You know, you want it all to seem together, but we were really trusting of like everyone has their own elements. So, yeah, it was. We definitely recorded them live and then took them home. And I and um, I've got a little setup at home, and I just went in and like carved the shit out of stuff and I feel like that's kind of in a way that like the goal was to try and like show the pass off of melodies between instruments like and to make sure like not everyone was in all the time and to kind of really like pull like pull all the kind of extra sound out and keep the the music in um that was the cheesiest line I've ever said. <laughs> I liked that was it. The goal. It's actually, it's actually like almost like that lyric that you yeah. wrote and let the record show. <laughs> no, I think that that's exactly what I get from listening to the record. Like everything cuts through real nicely, mm-hmm. and everything sounds sounds rad, and it doesn't seem like y'all are playing on top of each other mm-hmm. the whole time. You know? Yeah. 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 I mean, I think it's it's cool because it's like. It's pretty much what we do live still, like for the most part, just like Unfolded was what we did live. But I feel like Unfolded, we kind of overcompensated because we didn't have bass. So like it's in a good, it still was a good thing, but we were really like a big wall of sound in that, which was amazing for three people. But for, for this too, it's like, 
where this intimate sound that we also like to have live, which I think we we do produce live, mm-hmm. which is pretty rad. The difference between this record and last record too is that, like like Sandy said, like we had been playing the last record for a couple of years. This record, like we wrote these songs right before. I mean, we were working out parts in the studio, and so in in a lot of ways, it's like I never worked that way. But I was like, let's try that again. I haven't done that in like five records. Um, and I think it was super stressful for these two. Yeah, it was kind of stressful. <laughs> because they were new to the, you know, still kind of new to the band. And we're like, what are we doing? And this is going to be on there forever. What? And I was like, no, this is part of the process. And I do think like, I think some cool shit came out of it because of that approach. Mm-hmm. Um, like things that wouldn't have been discovered live that were discovered because we did it this way. Um, but it was, I think it was probably more stressful for them. <laughs> I loved it. It reminds me of, a, you ever played the game Exquisite Corpse, where you only get to draw like a tiny sliver <laughs> of, a, of a thing, mm-hmm. of, of, a, of a picture, and then everybody gets to draw their own little sliver without seeing the other person's sliver. And then you unfold it and you're like, oh, is it gonna, is it gonna look good? Is it gonna look good? I don't know. I hope, I hope my part isn't dumb. But then it's like, <laughs> and it turned out pretty good. So it's like, oh, thank goodness, you know. Kind there was a lot of like, trust me, guys, trust me. Right. I swear, it's well, going to be okay. But, Actually, but, don't trust me. I need you to re-record that part. <laughs> uh, do you think because of that approach, are you are you all still almost learning how the songs work live yeah. still and, and like figuring out how they're best played? Well, we had a tour after we recorded, and so I think that's really when we like we firm to ours. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's, it is really fun. It's fun to, to perform a song a few times and not know it that well, record it and learn it through. You can either learn a song through live or you learn it through recording. And um, to relearn recorded songs live is 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 challenging, but super fun. And I think I think we've kind of relearned all of them, except for one is still like I'm still struggling with. But all the <laughs> others are pretty rad live now. Yeah, and then hopefully you're not all jaded going into the studio on the songs that you're already tired of. You know, because that happens <laughs> yeah. a lot too, yeah. where you like work on songs for two or three years and you're finally in the studio with them and then you're just like i don't even like these songs really anymore i've already written all of these other songs that i'm way more into right now that happens to katie a lot (laughs) and that and that it's so funny because the song i i felt like was the strongest going into the recording ended up being the weakest i think coming out of it um but that's just what happens i think the songs you, you end up certain ones just like really showed up in ways i never thought they would and then other ones were like okay yeah, that's the fun part. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um yeah, and as far as like the songwriting process with, with these particular tunes, did everybody have a pretty solid like input on what was happening or were there a lot of just songs that you had brought to the band with this this particular batch? Well, I write the like the kind of lyrics and music part of it. Um, but I also have a like I, I like to write to 80% and then bring it to the group and then have them finish like the arranging. And if, mm-hmm. if um, melodically things need to take a different turn, like that's where I rely on everyone else being like, this is working right up until here. And then we kind of mess with them. Um, so, but I don't, I really, I never try to write parts. Um, yeah. I try to just like pick my partners, you know, and trust that they know what they're doing. And this is a band I've never been so intimidated by the I people mean, I play with. <laughs> so that comes sorry. back to Polly Jamery. Yes, yeah, all about a Polly. It's all about picking your partners. <laughs> I think that's good though when you're playing 
amongst others that you're so impressed by that yeah. you know yeah. that there is some intimidation and people are setting the bar mm-hmm. that high. Yeah. Well, I like this too cuz this was I think the first time that like I didn't go to like I was too busy to go to like a core like writing rehearsal and um I came back the next week and I was like, you all like wrote this song and now I can just play drums to it. Like I didn't have to like write the drum part before. And then I just, it was amazing. Like I think that was uh, how it all went down was like, I, I came and the next week and they had written this amazing song and like, I might've, added my few tweaks <laughs> which I always tend to do <laughs> and um, yeah maybe I threw in a weird time signature or anything but <laughs> it's usually yeah, no but it's do. cool because like I do think too on this album there's um, a lot more musical space than than we've ever had like there's a lot of like kind of, I hate to say the word but I think there's elements of there's progressive elements in it that like sure we is. haven't had before. <laughs> and, and like, so there's like all this musical interplay and, and like Katie wrote a lot less lyrics than she usually did, which I, I mean, it, it doesn't matter either way. Um, it's just, it's interesting cause we've always kind of embraced like more of our folk lyricism. Um, and I think it's one of, Katie's like better qualities, musical qualities. Like she's she's an amazing songwriter, um, and and yet she used like half the words and still was able to paint like a beautiful lyric lyrical picture. And then we just have this music that I think just built like holds that up like almost equally. Yeah, like you could never perform these songs solo. They're not. That's not a thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I would think it would be hard to like fill the space and um yeah, I think one of my favorite parts of the record is the uh space allowed for some of those instrumental breaks like mm-hmm. where it gets kind of jammy and shit like Thank you for saying that cuz no one else likes that. Well, like lo- <laughs> the like, industry hates I it. I think like love and love in context <laughs> is like a perfect yep. example of that. Like yeah. that that thing kind of like breaks down and and oh. gets kind of wild and I I dig that quite a bit. Yeah. And that has uh that has one of my favorite lines and it's like at the end of the song i don't know if it repeats at another moment but the the separate the heart from its beat thing mm-hmm. that one that one got me i was, yeah. I was just like oh that's a very cool line yeah. I, I just thought that was clever mm-hmm. and yeah there's some there's there's a lot of those moments i think for me like with the lyrics too mm-hmm. just like going through um like on bones i really dig the uh I don't know where I'm from, what is now, and what is home. Mm-hmm. Like, that was very cool. Oh, thank you. Um, yeah, can you like just speak to where that jam comes from, where it yeah. comes from? Oh, or can whatever. I say my favorite one? You can say whatever <laughs> you want. My favorite one is in baseline when the lyrics go, there will always be history at our heels. That's my favorite. Yeah. <laughs> okay, um, now That was the first track that we played. <laughs> um, yeah, on the Bones, that was, I wrote that, um, I had just gone out of a, a 13 year relationship, um, which let's see, it had started right when I finished school. So my whole kind of adulthood was with this person. And so not having that um, anymore, just kind of like my base was kind of like taken from me in a lot of ways or not there anymore. And so like kind of figuring out how you navigate like moving forward um, is pretty hard. I appreciate that. Yeah. like. 
yeah, that's that's uh, those are the difficult times when your entire foundation for what you yeah. like thought was life or whatever is like flipped yeah, like, the fuck upside yeah, down yeah. and like. Yeah, so I, you're like I, we're guiding along, but I have no idea where we were coming from. <laughs> yeah, and you do yeah. kind of, I don't know, at least for me, I feel like at a certain point, you do like really lose a sense of like, what was that feeling of home? Like, mm-hmm. what is that even now? Or, yeah, very cool. Yeah, yeah, I dig the all of the lyrics quite a bit. Um, is that something that the rest of you in the band pay attention to throughout the creative process or mm-hmm. just more like afterwards after songs are? laid down as far as like checking out lyrics and whatnot for me it's it's very much after the fact i'm trying to get better about it because what what i focus on when i'm writing with katie is very much the guitar line and just trying to create that like weaving in or out or call and response type of almost contrapuntal aspect of that which is great but I really I'm trying to learn the lyrics because they're so beautiful and they're so meaningful I want to start to like musically play off of those and maybe I am but not Mm. as intentionally as I'd like to so I have absolutely I have to learn the lyrics because it's um it it might sound sterile but they're they're my cues like okay what what part of the song are we at I want to know the words sometimes like I'll try to incorporate something musical but like if some in how it all went down, um, when she says how it all went down, I do a downward little scale, like because <laughs> it's going down, shit's oh, yeah. going down. That's yeah. slick. That's that, but you know, you can't be too cheesy with that. Yeah. <laughs> so. No, I think that's rad though. Like paying yeah, attention yeah. to that and actually like making the music go with that mm-hmm. is is very cool and, and thoughtful. I think. Um, is there some Zanny that you like recognize playing with? Um, with Kelly on bass, like mm-hmm. as far as that rhythm section, opposed yeah. to what you've had in the past or like other. Well, I mean, I was. She hasn't had. had anything in the past, <laughs> I, so we were so I happy hadn't for had her. a lot of bass yeah. in the past. It was um, kind of a game changer for you. Well, it's funny because th- we joke around because it's like for a while there I was like oh yeah I got a bass player like I can groove now like I can like play with a rhythmic bass player and then she started writing all these freaking melodic lines <laughs> with Katie and I was like you're cheating on me like I just I remember I'm supposed to groove I just want to like play with a bass player do you remember like one of the actually this is really helpful in, in learning to play with you you um, you would just point to your bass drum and I would look at your bass drum every time the back end of it with a boom like that's when I need to yeah. do my note. That, yeah. that, that, you're like, no, yeah. with me. Just follow that I kick. I get on her sometimes. But honestly, it's like, I've always been more, I have a like weird background of music. And so I've always been more of an orchestral player anyways. Like I, I've always really enjoyed playing with Katie's lyrics and like, you know, kind of, writing poetry on drums which sounds really silly but like just accenting like what's happening musically is more important than like always just playing a a very driving like basic rock form or rock beat so I also just get bored so a lot so you like, can't tell that at all you're playing <laughs> that's, why we, that's why we made her start to play synth so, and I mean, sing I think that like yeah I think that you know, I I really love how Kelly like came in and like she that was not her first thing, especially because she is like she is a blues rock player. So like you would expect her to just come and like 
lay down, you know, roots and, and like lines that are just easy to groove with. And, and it really, that wasn't what she had, you know, right off the bat. So I was, I was kind of stoked about it because it is, you know, it's fun to, you know, then you, you can like play with other rhythms that are happening. Like I play a lot with Jean's rhythms. Like Jean and I have a lot of fun interplay on no one. Um, and which is kind of this like samba feel, but we like to have a little folk thing with the samba, like, you know, so it all like, actually, if I'm, I'm going to talk about myself for a second. Oh, please do. (laughs) But (laughs) we, I, I, when we started writing this songs, these songs, this was before they came, I was like, I'm just going to write every song as a Latin beat (laughs) in the Latin groove. Um, not necessarily like latin sounding but i wanted to rely heavily on latin rhythms and um what you generally wouldn't find and and actually there's a lot of correlation um between different styles of music and latin rhythms so like um so not all of them but you know no one um is a song that was like came from it was kind of a folkier song like we were kind of going back to our folkier roots for fun uh, it was one of the first al- songs that was wrote written but um i was like why don't we just play like a steve gad samba jazz brush <laughs> uh, this is the second thing. time that that zanny's brought up steve gad <laughs> on, my, on my podcast two separate episodes now i just want to yeah. let everybody know right so <laughs> She fucks with know. Steve Gadd. It's fun because I'm I'm thankful for them because they let me do whatever I want to do, which is kind of unique. Yeah. And um it's a and level Katie's of trust. Honestly, always let me do that, which is really amazing. Well, I need you to stick around. <laughs> well, yeah. I would imagine it's like a it's just also like a respect of what you do. Yeah. You know, and just understanding what you do is yeah. is rad. Well, and I think if you're putting together like a collaborative thing it doesn't work if you tell people what they have to do right Um, right and and i also but more importantly i think it's your own ideas are super boring if that's all that you ever have to get to be exposed to or whatever so i feel like i'm always like i always want to be surprised and impressed by the song i wrote after i've played it with them (laughs) you know like Mm -hmm. when i bring it to them i'm like man whatever and then when they bring it back to me i'm like oh now it's awesome yeah i mean you've been writing songs for a long time has it always been that way for you or like as far as being open to hearing what other people's ideas are for your songs or did that come with time where you like more closed off earlier that, on that comes with some serious work around letting go so like i'm a i i used to really need to kind of like micromanage every moment of the process and um <clears throat> i just did that so much and for so long that it just got it got boring and then i was like wanted to be excited by someone else's ideas um, but to do that, to get to do that relative to your own original concept or whatever is like a real gift. And so the fact that like these, like the four of us are all willing to like, that that they trust me enough that like their voice is going to, like they're going to put the effort and the thought and the creativity in and I'm going to honor that and, and, or I hope I do, I try <laughs> to, um, so that at the end of the day we all hear ourselves in it. Um, like that takes a lot of like I think trust on both both of our parts, um, and I feel like we've we really like nailed that with this record. Like I really do feel like everyone's 
um, sound is is there and and you know you know that's Kelly on bass you know that's Annie on drums like you know that's yeah. Gene on violin yeah. yeah do you think that those like kind of <laughs> instrumental breaks are a big part of of that they're every to, for me they're everything because if they, they didn't exist I'd just go write <laughs> songs <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know? for yeah. sure no that makes sense well and I feel like a lot of the songs there's some that are super personal to Katie, but a lot of the songs have huge social justice themes to them. And so like there was some parts like in love and context, which is like directly from after the election um, in 2016, that song was written. And a lot of the songs have those huge instrumental breaks because we were just like, we need to fucking jam. Let's thrash. yeah. Yeah. It was, it was literally like we were, actually downstairs and i'm like why don't we just play freaking triplets like yeah. over and over and over again like on decenter that's what we did we we're like okay like let's break it down so then yeah. we're all playing triplets because that's what feels good right now is and it did it's like, called decenter you know like yeah, yeah. like the yeah. whole point is 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 just so like we wanted to do something that like we had never done before, but not because like we wanted to emulate anything other than like our our own emotions and like our own like what we felt. Yeah. So and there's like I'm like to those instrumental parts. I really I do think there there are way of saying okay we we told you the song we told you the story one way we're now gonna tell it to you a different way. Mm-hmm the same story like I think that's true in how it all went down I th- definitely think that's true with Decenter um and yeah so I they're so so to me they're so core and if they took up 50% of every song like I'd be happy I think in many cases they, they do. might <laughs> and that's fine yeah I mean we start the album with like a minute 30 of just me pitzing music there yeah. is no vocals <laughs> I mean, it like we did not make this album to please anyone else's <laughs> yeah. ears. You well, know? that's good. I, th- I mean, I think there's definitely like a vibe to it. You know, mm-hmm. like it's it's he- it's a heavy record, mm-hmm. and it's the lightest one we've ever written. <laughs> for I sure. think it's rad though. It has like for me, it has all these like cool '90s alternative rock vibes for mm-hmm. to me yeah. that oh, cool. I that I grab from it. But also, like I I just like the balance between those instrumental breaks and the songwriting still being there, you know? Mm-hmm. There's still some catchy ear candy stuff mm-hmm. like in the choruses and it's it's easy to sing along and like t- to the melody and to most of the jams, yeah. you know, by the end of it. So yeah, just appreciate it all all overall. Yeah. It's rad. And Thank like you. I think that the four of you are obviously like have tapped into something cool and it's it's rad to see how excited like you two are and like the freshness of the mm-hmm. project and after like doing it for 10 years, you know? Yeah, I guess that's true. It's thanks guys. No <laughs> hey, great job. Yeah, you too. <laughs> Crushing it. Thanks for coming. We're amazing. And thanks for coming yeah. to the band. <laughs> no, nah, it's, uh, I mean, like Gene seems to, you seem to play like very percussively as a, as yes. a string player. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> it's so rad. No, like, because it, it's like a completely different different dynamic, and yeah. and I think that adds so much, especially like you were saying, like Kelly also adds like a lot of melody in the mm-hmm. way that she plays bass. So like for those th- two things to to add to what they're doing is is so rad. Yeah, and I try I try not to sound like a violin all the time, mm-hmm. which because is great. I think because I, I just love using pedals and 
effects and stuff like that. So there's just there's a lot to be done on electric violin that I don't think's been really tapped into or explored. Right. So if I'm going to play an entire set, three hour set, I don't want to sound like a pretty strings the whole time because it's going to get boring. If we ever ask her to play, like no, a I don't. Fiddle player, <laughs> so, don't ever say fiddle. Don't no fiddle. Don't say it. <laughs> It's not a fiddle. Yeah. It's not a fiddle. And it's not a viola like it was the it, first time she no. came on the podcast. <laughs> it is not so a viola. Confusing, I know. <laughs> it's so confusing. I, get, I, still, I still say the wrong Well, because Rebecca play. played viola and yeah. you play violin. And, you know, even if you say viola, you're wrong. V. There's oh. no winning. It's viola. Idiot. <laughs> but also get there right. are times when there's like violin. violin strings on a viola or a viola with I know. Like, and I'm like, it's just I have a five string violin. It's just a violin with a C string. Yeah. That's what we use. That's it. I don't you can call it viola, it's okay. I think it's more that like a okay. cellist, a violist, and a violinist are all completely different personalities. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but they're yep. pretty consistent. And we've had <laughs> all three. We've had all in three in our band. Yeah. <laughs> We've had a cellist, yeah. we've had a violist, and we've had a violinist. Mm-hmm. Actually, a couple. And then we had a fiddle player as well, yeah. <laughs> which is also its own personality. Oh, totally, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Segway? No, no. I was just... Uh, you were talking about earlier when you, when you, you were playing... Uh, when you were jamming it out with the... Uh, Triplets. All of the angst, yes, with all of the angst, <laughs> and going back to like my initial question of of like what is important to the dynamic of this band, and you all like clearly mentioned being gay as like this thing that holds you a little bit together. Mm-hmm. Like what what do you think that I don't want to say advantage of like having all four of you mm-hmm. like identifying that way, but like, yeah, like what what is it that helps the dynamic in that? Is it is it just like the social justice end of it, or is it a lot of different things? I can answer it for me. I think all so of us far. probably have different answers, but <laughs> for me, it's like you know, queer people spend so much of um, of our time in like a heteronormative world that um, that when you have a chance to not, when you have a chance to be in your own people's space, like it's just it's one kind of like layer of protection you get to take off um and so it's just nice it's just mm-hmm. like and for me could, it's just you it's just say the same for anyone who yeah. lives in a majority culture that's not a majority person you know like yeah. it's 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 nice to be able to just like be with your people and I also think queer people are rad, and and it's so nice to like. I'm 39 years old. I shouldn't have said that. Podcast. <laughs> oh boy. Uh-oh. We should have beeped but, it. <laughs> we we're gonna beep your age. Yeah, That'd be I'm so funny. Years old. <laughs> so and I, good. I feel like I'm at the point where like I've never been so excited to be queer. I don't know why. I'm just like I can't believe I ever wanted anything but this for myself. And so. And I forget that that could be someone else, like someone else might have a different opinion. Mm-hmm. And so to be in that space where I know the four of us, like we get to just be so like, I don't know, just like where proud that, of that identity. Yeah, and where it doesn't have to be a thing yeah. almost yeah. too, yeah. amongst yeah. the four of you. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's really nice. That's mine. Mm-hmm. I don't know what you guys Does anybody else no, like to it, add to that? That's totally the same thing. You know, uh, I'm fortunate. I'm sure all of us, especially in the Northwest, we're relatively fortunate to be in a relatively accepting 
part of the world. Um, and I forget that. And my, you know, I play with some other bands around town and I don't have to worry. You know, I can say the words, oh yeah, my girlfriend, yada, yada, and not worry about, you know, if I still have a place in the band, I, I don't. But, you know, every time I get slapped in the face with the reminder that it's not okay with everybody in the world, you know, it's that appreciation to be, you know, not only in a group of friends, but in a band and like where you have a, a kind of a work environment, a creative space with, with these people who you just never have to worry. And it's, it's freeing. You know, it's, it doesn't have to get in the way. I don't want it to get in the way ever, you know, but it, it does sometimes. So that's really cool. That's a nice thing to be in a band with a bunch of queers. <laughs> and Jane? Yeah. <laughs> Let's hear what you have to say. I'm the queers. <laughs> um, on, the, the queers. on the subject How many, count the queers. Count the next song, count the queers. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, next to I came out last. <laughs> Which is okay. true. So here's my thing. I'm just like super excited to be here. I'm just happy to be out and not have a boyfriend and and I'm so like You don't have to deal with fuck boys anymore. It's bad. Okay. So what happens to me is I just get so fucking excited and, and emotional. Play, and emotional. And we played the Oh my goodness. Women, yeah. uh, women's festival and I got too drunk. I'm like the only one that drinks now for some reason. So I got drunk. And I just get like it's not about for me, I, I know I, I like look like a total crazy person, but being out and being around other lesbians and being able to just say that, I came out when I was 26. I'm 32. It's not been that long for me. So like, I still have my moments. <laughs> so I'm just still, I'm laughing because this moment was so sweet. We played this women's festival don't say and it. no it's it nothing okay. weird i mean it's just right. how cute it was. <laughs> it was so cute we were playing this women's festival and it was it was rad and but there was this like obviously like veteran lesbian oh, yeah. folk singer veteran, playing yeah. and um like the one of the person who started like olivia cruises so like very veteran which is a lesbian cruise service. I don't know. <laughs> Thank you for... Know. Yeah, I didn't, for I didn't viewers, know that. And for, for our, our listeners, listeners at home. Like what is it? You wanna get, we'll put a, I'll put the link in the notes. Um, <laughs> and, and Jean's just sitting there, just like tears coming down. She's like, I'm just so happy I'm here. That's <laughs> amazing. <laughs> That's awesome. And it was, it was amazing. the cheesiest folk music ever. Oh, but you terrible, know, it was terrible. But it wasn't... It was, it was just like... It, was, it wasn't terrible. Just getting was, to be gay. Yeah. And just yeah. hold... Kelly's hand like it's not anything weird it's just something I think people take for granted I think also though what I love is that like as a band we are fully functional we don't need like we have bass we have you know like we have drums we have bass we have all the parts that you need Mm -hmm. in a band and we didn't need anyone else to show up to like fill that space it's like that we're self-sustainable and like can pull off like a kick-ass show without anyone else at the table and we're a bunch of queer girls. You know, like yeah. I feel like women. Um, and I just feel like that's something that I'm, there's something about that that like every time we show up in a space, I really like, I, I get really proud of. And that's like, awesome. there's, we can definitely show up in some spaces and at first like people are just kind of like, like not taking us seriously and not, and just kind of like, oh, there yeah. are those girls in the corner or whatever. And those are the shows I feel like we all kind of look at each other. We're like, we gotta show up. We're about to fuck some shit yeah. up right and now. Then, and then we <laughs> yeah. play, and then Hold we play the show butts. and like, and the reaction's totally, you know, like there's a completely different reaction after. People and lose I, their minds. And that's the part that I really, in, like, I enjoy. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, what do you think is kind of that, 
Like, why do you think people, like, do have that attitude sometimes when they see, like, a bunch of girls or a bunch of women show up? Because they don't know shit yet. Mm-hmm. Well, they were I, just honestly, not taken seriously. Yeah. Like, it's just we're not, we're not, they're just, we're just not taken seriously. I think that's bottom line, you know, it's just for just us, super it's for fun. Yeah. And, and or, yeah, it's just, you know, are you sure you know how to use your amp? Can oh. I yeah, carry that for you? Yeah, just asking you, like, stupid questions and... Yeah, really dumb questions. Like, yeah. do you need any help? Like, we've unloaded and deloaded and set up and stripped well, down a million <laughs> venues. Like, we don't need <laughs> help with that amp. Let me ask you some, uh, on some real, that on some real shit. <laughs> on some real shit. Just because I don't know, I'm at a lot of shows, especially the shows that I book, and I'll like always offer to help carry gear. Oh. So how do I not look like an asshole? Good question. To like. To one of you being like, "Hey, can I help? Like, bring some shit in?" Is like, no, that's where, the perfect where, where way that, to say. Where that's is the perfect that way. But Honestly, not, to not be like, "Do you need help?" Carrying We're talking about like the dudes who are like sitting back, watched you carry most of it in, and they're like having a beer, <laughs> and they're like, right, you know, when you've got like one more thing, they're like, "Yo, you need? Do you need any help with that?" <laughs> and that's when you're like, "You're dumb." <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've got some great guy buddy friends who are just like let me grab your shit and i'm like yeah do it man because like (laughs) if i had i as a kid like when i was loading my gear in and i've done it for over 22 years that like it helps in the back i mean at this point it's like why did i ever not just like because i wanted to prove myself as like a younger girl musician like i was like yeah i can carry my drum set in and now i'm like (laughs) only in 32 with chronic back pain and i'm like yeah take my stuff yeah care. absolutely like grab it for sure yeah, prove, please do prove it yeah. to me <laughs> prove your masculinity I mean, at least i know i lift from the knees you know yeah right. it's a good so no. you know you know how to do it yeah, you don't need you know anybody to, to tell yeah, you that exactly <laughs> the only bit of advice i can give you just like if you have a good heart on you and you know we can do it ourselves but you know we need help like that's it that's all you gotta do yeah. just be nice yeah yeah i, I, I don't want know. the help i'm definitely it's more like of a matter of like people don't ask you know yeah they yeah. i mean guys are just kind of are like let me get that and it's like well we didn't ask you. Yeah. Like, we're not... Yeah. I think it's more know. about, like, the using of the gear. It's like, you know, when I'm told how to sing into a microphone. Oh, God. Right, right, right. Yeah. Like, Yo, oh, yeah. you want to plug your pedal into I'm this like, DI. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Really? Yeah. He's like, what's no. a DI? <laughs> what's well, that? What, is this a XLR? I don't remember where we were. We were somewhere mic. where I think we were all talking to someone and the person crossed the line. Oh, like, they were just giving some advice on, like, I don't know, uh, maybe it was like EQ or something, but it was like, it was it was a, a fundraiser or something. Oh. I think we were just kind of like, oh, like we were having such a good conversation right up until you told us how to do our job. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. and um, yeah, that was when we were like, okay, cool, have a good day. <laughs> um, I think it's also it's different because like we're not like the quote unquote like female band like we we look different like we're not like into our appearances as much as i think some other bands do i this is not supposed to be a like bash against like other women bands no but, i don't like, think it's coming you know, across that way you're all right yeah we're <laughs> like you know we dress the way we we i think an a all guy dude 
band would dress. Like a 90s grunge band? Yeah. Yeah. We we dress like we want to dress. Black pants, black shirt, black. You know, we don't need to, like, put on anything that's not our, like, what we are. We don't don't put costumes on necessarily. Yeah, I mean, I think it just kind of, like, sometimes that comes across as, like, we're, like, slacking. And we're not. Like, we're dressing like we would dress just like any other indie rock band would dress, I would say. Yeah. Um. And so, like, I think that we're kind of looked at a little bit differently than other, like, you know, queer bands that maybe are a little bit more out or, like, more radical. And it's like, we're still, like, we know our experience. Like, we we still are around and mm-hmm. we understand. It's just, like, you know, I think that's one thing for us that, like, has been, you know... uh I think, yeah, I mean, I feel like we... we Pick it up, Katie. Yeah. <laughs> Where was I going with this? God damn it. We, I mean, in terms... I think we've always wanted, like, the music to be the show. Yeah. And and I I will... Yeah, I think that we dress like a, probably a bunch of dudes would dress in these grunge rock Yeah, band. yeah. But that's not necessarily, like, supposedly appropriate. Um, so I do think, you know, like, we have, like, I've attempted to step it up a little bit, not to be, like just to have fewer I, I want to not wear only black all the time like I'm trying really hard to yeah. like put like a little bit of color, color on put some color in your life <laughs> Katie right. god so, damn it like my hair will not be enough like lately I've started to wear some more gray and yeah like, that's my dark, my goal is dark to wear, blue I've been trying to wear white occasionally and that's yeah. really hard for me but mm-hmm. I do it um, we're a I, high contrast <laughs> band I think but I think you know. for any time we've tried to like do anything like more performance like beyond the music itself i feel like it's never been we've never really been able to come it just doesn't work well. for us i don't think that that's um necessary for every thing yeah either. and it's just not it's not our jam we're like i don't know um and i think i don't know this might even come up in the conversation that we had mm-hmm. when you were in with skull diver mm-hmm. we're like i think that is like a completely different thing we're like the costume and the dress yeah. up and the makeup of right. it all is like such a part of the show and it right. doesn't need yeah. it doesn't need yeah. to be a part of everything yeah. like exactly. it's it's not necessary yeah yeah so so we just try to make up for all of it with so i with i music. keep my bralettes at home <laughs> <laughs> for this band <laughs> right on well i appreciate you all just like kind of opening up about things and like yeah. i don't know i just thought it was an important thing to to address and like share cuz it's obviously like not only a part of your individual identities, but a part of your band's identity. Yeah. 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 I just feel like, you know, (laughs) we're pretty gay. gay. (laughs) gay. And like, I think it's also a testament. Like if you're a queer, like a younger queer person, um, maybe non-binary, like you don't have to fit into this particular box of queerness. Like you can, look and be whatever you want to be like you don't have to be super radical femme you don't have to be like super i don't know whatever um which i think like you know people see queer artists and they're like oh they're like super radical like costumey or whatever and out and proud and like you don't have to be that way you can be whatever you want to be like you know yeah and i think even saying like even I, i have said like all women a bunch but i feel like we also kind of really just identify with like women and non-binary as a band um so mm-hmm. i feel like that's also a big you know what feels most comfortable yeah mm-hmm. right on well your new record 
is rad. Dissenter. It's coming out January 31st. Fat show at the Doug Fur. I'll put all this in the intro, too, so people hear it an annoyingly amount of times. Please come. <laughs> yeah. Camp Crush and... Anjali DJ. and the Kid. DJ Action to close out the night, which I think is going to be rad. Yeah. So it's still an early Thursday night show, so yeah. make your way down to the Doug Fur, my favorite venue in town. Mm-hmm. Get yourself there. I'll put all the links in the notes so people can follow what y'all do on, like, on Facebook or Instagram and and all that jazz and the record will be out like on all the platforms all the streaming platforms all the streaming platforms all the iTunes and oh. Spotify's and uh, yeah and we will have hopefully if I get my shit together um, we should have 15 vinyls that have a single on either side oh. um, so uh, a double ready to go a double 15 double vinyls yeah. so they'll go fast nice yeah. yeah that'll be only only at the show only at the show awesome so some more incentive to go to exactly. go to this show. Um, yeah, we're gonna play it out with uh, with this "How It All Went Down" song, which is definitely one of my favorites. And uh, didn't make this correlation until after, but it definitely gives me some uh, Tegan and Sarah vibes, which is one of my favorite bands of all time. Okay. Yeah. All right. I love Tegan and Sarah. <laughs> um, no, I, I definitely, I don't know. I was listening to it and I was like, what am I hearing right now? I was like, yeah. oh, it's that. <laughs> it's that. And then it, yeah. then it made me oh, even happier. Cool. I was yeah, so pumped about it. So pumped about it. Um, but yeah, I love how big this song gets like throughout it. And just another, I think it's different from the other two tracks that we played mm-hmm. earlier. And uh, yeah, it just, I think, shows off some more of the wonderful dynamics that happen throughout your band. And thank you so much for hanging out and sharing and getting to hang is, is always cool and getting to know where, where the music comes, I think, always gives me at least more attachment to it when I get to see it played or listen to it and whatnot. So, Well, thank you. Yeah, absolutely. We end every episode of the podcast with the guest of the, of the podcast saying it's a program. So uh, if we can get the, uh, the Cabin Project, it's a program. Everybody can maybe do it together. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, take it away. It's It's a a program. program. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like it was like a false start. Maybe we can do one more. It's a program. It's a program. Nailed it. That's uh, that's the cabin project, everybody. (laughs) Everybody's excited about it. And, uh, yeah, we're playing it out with how it all went down off the new record. Links are in the episode notes. And we will catch you on the flip side, Portland.
It's a program.